Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Renee A. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today is Thursday, November 10th. Today we're reading from the big book and we're on page 41, the first paragraph starting with, I went to my hotel and ending with, then came the hospital with unbearable mental and physical suffering. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Julie P., The Twelve Traditions, Nancy R., and readers of the text today are Katie B., Barb W., and Ken W.H. is our backup reader. The reference numbers for Wednesday, November 9th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that is 19,618-19618. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that number is 19,619-19619. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Julie P. to read the 12 steps. Julie? Good morning. This is Julie P., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. Happy Thursday, the 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Julie P. I will now ask Nancy R. to read our 12 traditions. Nancy? Thank you so much, Renee A. Uh, I am Nancy R., a compulsive overeater in New York. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are, are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, <coughs> less, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, is a, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you so much. Grateful to do the service with you, Renee A., and thank you again. Good, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 41, the first paragraph starting with, I went to my hotel 
and ending with, then came the hospital with unbearable mental and physical suffering. And now I'm going to ask Katie B. to begin reading. Katie? Hi, good morning. This is Katie B. from New York. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. I went to my hotel and leisurely dressed for dinner. As I crossed the threshold of the dining room, the thought came to mind that it would be nice to have a couple of cocktails with dinner. That was all, nothing more. I ordered a cocktail and my meal. Then I ordered another cocktail. After dinner, I decided to take a walk. When I returned to the hotel, it struck me a highball would be fine before going to bed, so I stepped into the bar and had one. I remember having several more that night and plenty next morning. I have a shadowy recollection of being in an airplane bound for New York and of finding a friendly taxi cab driver on the landing field instead of my wife. The driver escorted me about for several days. I know little of where I went or what I said and did. Then came the hospital with unbearable mental and physical suffering. Um, Okay, I'm sorry. I just want to set a timer. Bear with me one second. Okay, so... All right. First of all, I'm so thrilled that I was asked to read this this morning (laughs) because um, tomorrow, God willing, is going to be three years um, that I have been abstinent and living in recovery. And I, I can't believe it. Like, I'm so shocked and so thrilled. And I want to share that because it's possible. And I want to share that hope. Because when I came into these rooms for the first time many, many, many years ago, um, I, I didn't think there was hope. But I kept coming back because obviously something kept coming back. But anyway, and I, as I reflect on this paragraph, um, I also just want to – I'm going back to my three years for a second. Um, the past three years, one day at a time, have been the best three years, even though terrible things have happened in my life and good things. And, and the point of, and the reason I'm sharing that is because I can find joy in the miracle of recovery um, through God's grace in good times and in bad times. You know, we've had death and we've had illness and we've had severe financial stuff happen. And I don't say that to complain. I say that because I can still live in recovery and I can still live in joy. Um, and when I was in my disease, even my best moments, I, I was always sort of just miserable somewhere deep down. And that's what this paragraph sort of talks to me about because I don't need a reason to cross the threshold and think, oh, it would be a great idea to eat. Um, And when I was in my disease, I would eat because I was happy. I would eat because I was sad. I would plan a binge for the entire day and then collect all my items that I was going to eat and then eat them that night. Or it would hit me so suddenly like like, like I never felt it coming on, you know, oftentimes I would hit a goal weight, (laughs) and then we'd go out that night to a party. I'd finally fit into a dress, and then, bam, I'd be off to the races, and I'd be eating like I had never eaten before, and I I just, I couldn't understand it, and I, and I, I couldn't get ahead of it, and, you know, this last sentence, unbearable mental and physical suffering, yes, like, at, you know, there have been times that I, I just didn't want to live because it was so unbearable, like, I just... I hated myself so much, and um, and I hated everyone else too, you know. And I was a nice person, but that's how I felt. Um, and I was, I was physically uncomfortable, um, and I didn't, 
understand why, and the beauty is I don't have to understand why. I don't have to get it. Um, I have to follow these instructions in this book to the best of my ability. Um, I have to take the steps. Um, I have to rely on my fellows, and I have to have God um, as I understand God, and, and, and it can happen. So I'm going to pass, and I hope you all have a great day. Uh, thank you very much, Katie B. Um, appreciate you sharing with us today. Okay, so um, I'm going to take a list of names here in just a minute, but before I take that list, I do want to remind you that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So that means if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, we'd appreciate it if you would step back and let some other people have a chance to share. Okay, so who wants to share on this this morning? Nessa R. Rick J. Reva P. Judith S. P. Ken W. H. Okay. Okay, hang on just a second, and let me let me go through here and tell you who I've got so far because I know that I've missed two or three people. Um, I've got Nessa, I've got Rick, Reba, Judith, and Ken W. H. Who did I miss? Debbie Somebody A. Who's the A? Jen Mark. A. Jen A. Okay, got it, Jen. All right. Who else? Didn't catch that. Julie P. Was that Julie P? Yes. Okay. Who else? Barb W. Okay, Barb. Mark L. Okay, and let's stop there. So was it Mark? I think that's who I heard. Um, All right, so let me tell you who I've got for this first lineup. And also, um, when you uh, come on to share, would you please let us know the first initial of your last name and also the state that you're from, okay? So I've got Nessa, Rick, Reba, Judith, Ken, Jen A, Julie P., Barb W. and Mark. Okay, Nessa, you're up, and you'll be followed by Rick. Hi, good morning. Thank you. I'm um, Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Good morning, vision for you. I am thrilled that I got the first share. I don't know. It very rarely happens. There's so many good shares and I, I do want to piggyback on the on the previous share which was amazing because I love the story of Fred because it just smashed every preconceived notion I had about my disease and why I ate because I always thought that it was circumstances that led me to eat you know in particular the fact that my life sucked <clears throat> so I always attributed my my binges and all that to need to relieve stress because I have no money and because, you know, my husband and I were fighting and my kids are bickering and my house is too small for all this traffic and, you know, my boss is a blue mini and all that kind of stuff. And here we have Fred 
whose life doesn't suck. He has an amazing life. He has an amazing family. He has lots of money, a powerful, um, um, satisfying, stimulating career. Um, he comes back or he's finished a business meeting in, a, in another city and everything goes really, really well. So according to my previous paradigm, this guy has no reason to drink. Um, you know, and that just hit me in the face like a like a boxer punch I don't even know how to explain it um because uh if this guy is not not drinking um if this guy is drinking even though his life doesn't suck then why am I overeating and the answer is because I have a disease you know, I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And here in this example, we see how powerful that obsession of the mind is, you know, because, you know, Fred is, is, is sober at this point. You know, this whole chapter is about people who were sober and yet they started to drink again. It's not about how to get sober. It's about what prevents us from staying sober and it's that powerful chit chatter in, 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 in my brain that leads me to eat whether I have a rationalization or justification or not. It doesn't matter the previous share said, you know, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad, whether things are going well, whether things are not going well, I'm gonna eat, you know, either to relieve stress or to celebrate. I, my mind is always gonna come up with a reason. And the only protection that I have is to have a close relationship with God that can give me that relief that I am, thank you, that I'm falsely seeking in, in the food. Uh, and the only way I can stay close to God is by living uh, in this program of recovery. Um, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, next up we've got Rick. And Rick, you'll be followed by Reba. So Rick, go ahead and share with us. Uh, good morning, everybody. Thanks so much for your service. And um, my name is Rick Jay. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Um, one thing that was really hitting me this morning, you know, was the um, the thought came to mind, um, you know, and, and so this was the thought that came to Fred and his mind is the mind of a chronic alcoholic, you know, and just like with Jim. Jim had the mind of a chronic alcoholic too. So the alcoholic thought that came to Fred's mind was, Hey, despite being in, you know, in the hospital and, you know, and suffering greatly from this, um, a drink, you know, just a couple, that's it. Nothing more, you know, and that alcoholic mind is like, look, a couple of drinks aren't going to hurt you. It's fine. So yeah. He uh, he takes a couple of drinks. He takes a highball. He stays in a blackout for days, <laughs> and then he goes back into the hospital, um, you know, with unbearable mental and physical suffering. And just like with Jim, who are you know, ended up back in the asylum. Right? The alcoholic thought was, "Hey, whiskey and your milk can't hurt you." That's the alcoholic thought from an alcoholic mind. And um, exactly, the the only thing that will prevent us from doing that is a connection with the higher power. Now, Jim didn't enlarge his spiritual life. Fred felt self-knowledge really didn't 
require, you know, a spiritual life. So for a while, you know, they were both not drinking and, and that's been me. I've been Jim and I've been Fred. And, um, the difference today is, you know, I connect to my higher power on a daily basis because I know I'm, I'm not cured. I know that left untreated, I have the mind of a chronic compulsive eater. It's there. It's there. But I can't trigger the physical allergy until I put certain ingredients in my body. But the only way that I can keep from going to that first bite to alleviate the obsession of the mind is to have a spiritual connection with my higher power and to have my first thought always go to God, the God of my understanding. And that's what I do today. I was in relapse. I was Jim and Fred for 20 years. And for the last three years, uh, and congratulations, by the way, for your three years. I think it was Katie. Um, yeah, it's huge. That's, that's what I'm doing differently today. The other morning, I was watching my wife prepare her tea, and she put her little sweetener in it, a little honey, a little milk. And uh, I thought, you know what? That looks good. I, it's not sugar. That honey's fine. And that was a reminder. came out of nowhere. And today, because I'm connected to my higher power, I immediately paused and like, nope, that's that's a funny thought for a, you know a compulsive eater. It's not going to work. I'm not going to do that. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rick. Okay. Um, next up, we have Reba, and Reba, you'll be followed by Judith. Okay, Reba, go ahead and share, please. Good morning. This is Reba P. in uh, Toronto, Canada, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. So the thought came to mind. So this is again as not all this whole chapter, that it's all about my frame of mind. If I'm a real compulsive overeater, I can't just do abstinence only, which is like a diet, um, because my mind will always bring me back to the food and the binge food ingredients and behaviors that will kill me. Um, And I think this whole paragraph from, and what's the frame of mind here? Like the eyes, like somebody shared yesterday, it's all I. I am running the show. There is no God in this paragraph or in the paragraphs above, Fred is running his life and his thoughts are just run by his um, disease. Um, and this whole paragraph to me is also a reminder of this you know, lack of proportion, making big things small, small things big, and that expression, you know, seemingly unimportant decisions. Like, what is this business? It would be nice. It would be nice to have a cocktail. Like, he just learned that he's a alcoholic that one drink will set him back to a hospital like that is what my mind does it makes something that's huge that's going to kill me oh it would be nice you know like oh I'm just gonna like do that um and and that's so dangerous um and um the other thing that shows me is what it's like when I'm in the disease I don't even know where I am what I'm saying what I'm doing like I have little recollection of what I did And even to this day, um, there are patches um, of my life when I was in the disease that the food fog was so thick, um, my memory is still fuzzy. um, And that's what it's like. Um, And the last line, the unbearable mental and physical suffering. And, you know, I've heard it said, and I I can agree um, as well, that um, today 
you know, I'm a real compulsive overeater, but I don't have to suffer. I don't have to suffer because this book gives me the directions about putting, you know, the substance down, working the steps so that God is guiding me and helping me make decisions. Um, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I say this? Do I say that? Um, and the last thing I'll say, you know, this is true for way back, but even today, you know, sometimes I think it would be not nice, but oh, maybe I should just say this, or maybe I should just do that. And it's guided by resentment or fear or selfishness. Um, and thank you, God, today, I have a pause. And I ask God, you know, does it need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? Does it need to be said now? I didn't have any of that. General before. reminder. So um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Reba. Okay, next up we have Judith, and after Judith, we'll hear from Ken. Good morning, Judith. Go right ahead. Hi, Renee. This is Judith S.P. from Maryland. Thank you for your service, and thank you, everyone, for being here today. Um, I've heard it said at times on shares that people have read these stories, and, you know, they were interesting, maybe a nugget here or there, but there was no real um, mirror looking into uh, the people in these stories. And I often felt the same, particularly around something like the jaywalker, of course. I'm not going to want my back broken by the end of walking in the street. But reading Fred today, um, that's me. Um, and what came to my mind and my heart is how enslaved I've been, how much in bondage I have been to the twisted thinking in my mind that has steered me into so many horrific accidents. And uh, within the rooms here, within my recovery program, with the support and love of God and uh, you all, I'm clearing away the wreckage day by day. But I realized this morning... I cannot let up at all because although, thank you, God, I've been neutral, I have no interest right this moment in going to any of the foods that brought me comfort and ease, I am emotionally immature to the point where last evening I was at an event. I don't go out socially much anymore, um, although I did go to the convention, which was marvelous, but... Um, and words came out of my mouth to somebody that I was appalled at. And as I reflected on this, and thank you, God, because I was able to clear up the wreckage with the person in the experience, which I rarely, if ever, have done before, I realized I was disconnected in that moment from God as if the plug was pulled out of the generator and there was no more power. And I was just blindly going through my moments. And this morning, I have paid the price. Thank you, God. Because in reflection and hearing Fred in his blackout, which I was in, um, I'm doing better today. I'm gently staying wrapped in the love of God and healing those areas that still have great puncture wounds. 
and I will pass with that. And thank you, God, and all of you again for being here. Thank you, Judith. Okay, next up, we'll hear from Ken WH. And Ken, you'll be followed by Jen. Okay, Ken, you're up. Thank you, Renee. This is Ken WH from North Carolina. Glad to be here today. Um, I'm just struck. This is this is incredible. Again, it speaks about the brain, and, and as others have already said. And in the middle of that paragraph, he's, he said, I ordered a cocktail with my meal, then I had another. After dinner, I decided. Uh, and I wanted to say at this point, in my case, once I had started eating certain foods, I didn't decide anything. The food made the decision for me. I had made the decision previously. Before I even took the first bite, I had started that process of thinking my way into uh, picking up. Um, and that's what I think happened here for Brother Fred. He he was already made his decision. And once he started drinking, there was no more deciding. And that's true, been true for me. Uh, once I got started on, on a binge, uh, uh, an alcoholic food, I was off to the races. I'm also reminded, too, um, in the paragraph before, or two before or something, he he used the phrase, I felt I had, he said, I felt I had um, reason. And he said, I felt I, and I stopped and said to myself, wait a minute, is I a feeling? I felt I? And I became aware from myself over the years that I have been the center of my emotional being. Everything was about me, all about I felt I. And and that's all that had mattered to me. And, and I think Fred's kind of in that spot, too. He's feeling that he is the center of his world at this point. I am not a feeling I am a human being uh, doing today, I hope, what God has asked me to be. And I do have feelings, but I am not the feeling. I'm, I just, I, I, I let God run my life today and not how I feel at any particular moment. So I hope um, you all have a great day. I'm just glad to be here and abstinent today. Thanks, Renee. Thank you, Ken. Okay, up next we'll hear from Jen A, and then you'll be followed by Julie P. Oh, sir, what paragraph are we on, please? Sure. Hang on just a minute, and let me um, let everybody know kind of where we're at. So we're on page 41. The first paragraph we're starting with, I went to my hotel, and ending with, then came the hospital with unbearable mental and physical suffering. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Jen A, you're up, and Jen, you'll be followed by Julie P. Good morning, Jen. Jen, are you there? Press star yeah, one. Hi. Good, hi. Good morning, Renee. Can you can you hear my voice? Sure can. Go right ahead. Okay. Sorry, I got disconnected. There was a lot of beeping, and then my phone dropped, so I had to dial back in. Thanks for hearing me this morning. Um, my name is Jen A, 
Um, I'm from Littleton, Colorado, and I'm a recovered uh, e- recovered eater today, right? Like a recovered compulsive overeater by God's grace and mercy. And I love um, this meeting of vision for you. Um, this is my fifth year going through the big book. Um, and the more I read it, the more I write more notes in the columns. Um, I'm kind of running out of room, but my favorite note is on the front page of Chapter 3. It says more about alcoholism. And right above that, I, read, I wrote in red, if I think I can, read this chapter again. And I love that um, I wrote that because this is more not about alcoholism. This is more truth about alcoholism, more about the insanity of my mind. And I heard that from so many people's great shares this morning. Pages 23 to 43 says, I have a problem and it centers in my mind. So what's my experience like, Fred? That's what I wanted to share today. When I saw we are reading this paragraph, this happened to me. Um, I had this exact same experience where um, I was going with my colleagues and we were going out to happy hour. We do it all the time. In fact, we're going tonight. Ha ha, otter God, right? And, you know, you cross the threshold, you go by the hostess stand, you sit down, everybody's ordering drinks and hors d'oeuvres and then dessert comes out. And I, like this gentleman here, ordered what? I ordered something to eat that wasn't on my food plan and I ate it. And then I managed to get my fingers into the group nachos and the this and the that. And then here's the best part is that I could control my eating up to a point in that restaurant. But then when I left, I, like this man too, said, I decided. I decided to go where? The convenience store. It's dark. Nobody sees me. I'm on my way home. I've already triggered the allergy. I get a case of the screw it, right? screw it. I might as well go grab something else to eat. It's because my body has ingested that, that alcoholic substance and I want more and I can't stop. So, you know, I remember this like it was just, what, five years ago? That's crazy, but it's true. And so how do I protect my mind? With this 12-step way of life, um, living and breathing the 12 steps and the 12 traditions to the best of my human ability. You know, because I don't want to be that girl playing the Britney Spears song in my head. Oops, I did it again. All those I actions. I ordered this, I decided, and I returned where? Back to the 7-Eleven. That's my story. That's where I like to binge. That's where I like to go is just to go load up and disappear and eat. And that unbearable mental and physical suffering, I remember it like it's yesterday. Thank you, God, for the reminder. That's where I stay on this line. That's why I continue to read this and take people through the work. It's a reminder when you're working with others and taking others through it and reading it and on this line. Wow, what a great reminder for me to think that, you know what, this isn't Tupperware's Anonymous. Thanks. It's not Tupperware's Anonymous. Abstinence in a rock-solid food plan is not going to save me from my thinking. I need a power greater than myself. Thank God I have that today. I'll pray on that all day. Thanks, Renee. Ah, Thank you, Jen. Good to hear your voice this morning. Okay, next up we have Julie P. And Julie, you'll be followed by Barb. Okay, go ahead, Julie. Good morning. This is Julie P. Gratefully recovered in Minnesota. Thank you all, my peeps, for being here. I'm really identifying this morning with the unbearable mental and physical suffering. You know... I didn't have anything in common with any of these folks until I did, right? 
And I am so vividly identifying this morning um, with Fred. Um, I had an experience where, you know, I only have a problem with food. I don't have a problem with alcohol. I wasn't an alcoholic until I had put the food down. I had put the sugar down and I decided to go on a cruise. And of course, let's go to the martini bar. And let's have just one lemon drop martini. And before I knew it, I was closing down the martini bar. And then I gratefully marched up to the buffet, of course, the dessert buffet. And my husband proceeded to tell me that I grabbed every single piece of dessert that I could get my hands on. And I guess I, he told me that I ate it all and that he had better get out of my way while I was eating it. And the next morning, he had to tell me what I did. And it was the first time I had ever experienced a blackout from alcohol. And the suffering the next morning, oh my God. And like I've heard in these rooms, what are you willing to do? Are you willing to put it down for 30 days? And it was that experience that I knew that I could no longer pick up alcohol, that my issue in my tissue was not only food, alcohol went right along with it. And today I am so grateful for that experience because I know that my disease is cunning, powerful, and baffling, and it will get to me in whatever nook and cranny it can and by the grace of my higher power whom i choose to call ralph today i am food neutral and freedom from bondage thank you as long as i keep coming back and thank you all for being here and with that i'll pass thank you julie p um okay next up we're going to hear from barb w barb you'll be followed by mark I hope I got that name right. Anyway, Barb, uh, thanks for sharing. It's Europe. Thank you, Renee, for your service and everybody on the line. So I went to my hotel and leisurely dressed for dinner, crossing the threshold. So who is the I crossing the threshold? Yes, his name is Friday. He's the confident, the page before, confident, reasonable, far advanced, um, successful, person that had was sure his willpower and keeping guard would work. So that's who's walking through the threshold. And then a thought comes to mind. And my sick mind can't fix my sick mind. It's been said so many times and it's so true. Um, order the cocktail, etc. And my brain, my mind is so subtle. It's subtle and, and it's it, it'd be nice. It'd be nice, that's all, nothing more, there, there, there. Subtle to demanding where he comes back to the hotel and it struck him. And it's like struck, is like, bang, hit me, demanding, and then into destructing, from subtle to demanding to destructing, and that's my disease. And that's where my willpower, and that's where my mind will go and take me. It hijacks me, paying and guard, and my willpower doesn't do anything for me. I have no defense. And so the power, powerlessness is what I take away from this and the precursor to step one, the gift of desperation, that I'm a grateful, recovered, and recovering every day food addict. 
and coming to the threshold now, I back up when I have those thoughts that are just little tiny little nudges and I cock my head, I back up and turn it over and ask and pause. I'm grateful for um, all of you. I'm grateful for the program and my higher power that has power, that I have no power against this. I think that's all I have. I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Barb. Okay, next up, did I hear a mark? Yes, you did. Okay, go ahead, Mark. And then after Mark, we're going to take some more names. Go ahead, Mark. Thank you very much. My name is Mark. I'm a, my name is Markel. I'm a composer, overeater, and a bulimic. And glad to be here another day to draw life on life terms. Wow. This guy kept going to the, inside that hotel, into the bar room, kept on drinking. How mm. oh, I put that in my category? Um, I kept going in that bar room, kept on eating, just like the jaywalker. Kept going across the street and getting hit so many times. How many times I realized what I was doing? I was doing wrong. Man, why they didn't go to the kitchen off from me? They didn't, and they let me keep on eating. I had to go to the hospital eight times to get my stomach pump. Did I realize I was doing wrong? Wow. Man, thank goodness them people said, Mark, you need to stop. You're, you're killing yourself. Man, I realized that. In 1974, I realized I needed help. And, and I came inside the wonderful fellowship of over here anonymous and, and got help. And, and God and your wonderful people gave me a life to live one day at a time. I am so glad to be here, glad to see y'all, and I love y'all today. Have a blessed day. Goodbye. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you sharing. Okay, uh, we're going to take another list of names, but before we do, let me remind you where we're at. We're on page 41. We're on the first paragraph starting with, I went to my hotel, and ending with, then came the hospital with unbearable mental and physical suffering. And let me also remind you that Though we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that other people might share their experience too. So that means if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, we'd appreciate it if you would step back and let other people share. Probably have room for maybe four people. So go ahead. Who'd like to share? Pamela P. Pamela P. Lisa B.T. Okay. Let me tell you who I've got, all right, and this will probably be it. I've got Vasa O, Pamela, I think I heard a Christy, and a Lisa, okay? So we're going to stop there for now. Hopefully we can squeeze another person in there. But um, for right now, Vasa, would you go ahead and you'll be followed by Pamela. Vasa, star one. Sorry, I was introducing myself. 
Thank you, Renee, for your service and everybody's service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Port Chalice, Florida. And uh, I can relate so much with Fred. I lived uh, in the blackout for 25 years of my life before I came to Overeaters Anonymous and the 12 steps and a higher power that I never knew before. I knew I was uh, powerless over the food addiction, but I didn't know anything about the mental obsessions, about the disease. I had no clue about anything. I have learned that all here in the programs. And I just celebrated um, uh, 38 years. It's by the grace of my higher power. I'm not boasting. I'm not bragging uh, of being abstinent for 38 years and being in recovering with the 12 steps. and, uh, yes, I had enough of pain and suffering, and I uh, was just so grateful to find out there was a solution for the problem. Uh, I thought I had to solve the problem by myself, by my own willpower, and it's not like I didn't try over the years. I tried many, many times over and over, and I failed. So I had, um, you know, this was my last hope if I did not follow what other people did before I did, before I came, the, how they recovered from the disease of compulsive overeating. And then you showed me, they showed me how to do it. And I was ready and I was willing because uh, I could not do it any longer and I didn't want to die. So my sponsor said, you got to find a power greater than yourself and, and throw yourself in the programs, the 12 steps, and that's the only what's going to work. And I was ready and I was willing. I can't, he can, and I will let God. All three steps, I did them all at once. You know, I just did not want to die. So um, I, no matter what goes in my life, you know, I've been abstinent and there have been a lot of good things and not so good things going in my life. But I have that sound mind not to go back. I don't want to ever remember Uh, where I I was before I came to recovery, I have the clarity. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go through that pain. I'd be dead today. And I'm just so grateful that I have found the program and the steps. And one step at a time, you know, one day at a time has gotten me through all the steps many times, back and forth, back and forth. There's no graduation. I'm grateful to be here with every one of you. And I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, next up we have Pamela, and Pamela, you'll be followed by Christy. Go ahead, Pamela. Yes, hi. This is Pamela Composer Overeater um, uh, from Pennsylvania. Um, so what I got from it is, yeah, this is just a scary disease. I mean, I remember when I was hospital a lot, um, and I had to leave a great job with Pinson because of this disease. Because there was so much trigger all over the workplace that I they couldn't do it no more, and um, I'm just nervous. I'm doing. I've been doing well, I believe, to the best of my ability. I know I could do more. I do put three hundred percent every day in the program, so I put a lot of time in the program, and it's still not enough. Um, I am looking for a sponsor. But um, I just had one that something happened medically to them. So anyway, I'm I'm just praying to God. The food, having this disease scared me. Because when people look at me, they wouldn't even know I had this disease. And they, a lot of people 
I know, don't take this disease seriously. It ain't all whatever, but it a life and death situation. I almost died from the disease five times. And I say that by any other disease, I feel people would take it more seriously. So it like, I'm so anxious. And my back in a lot of pain right now because something had, I must be having muscle pain. So anything could make me get off the little recovery I had. It like anything could trigger, and I know I need to go to the gym today. And it's just because I woke up yesterday. It like the routine, getting up in the morning, praying or, or working the steps or talking to someone, listening to a lot of meetings, like three, four meetings a day, two in the morning, two at night. I need to do it. I don't do it. I'm going to die. And so that it. And what's scary about the disease, doing all of that not guarantee that you're going to be recovering. But it do guarantee that you might not be dead or you might survive. So um, everybody different. And I wouldn't wish the disease on my worst enemy. But I do thank God has Jesus in program. And I do thank God for my partner for being supported. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. Okay, up next we'll hear from Christy. And Christy, you'll be followed by Lisa. Go ahead, Christy. Did I hear a Christy? Or maybe it was Christina? Hey there, I'm so sorry. I I didn't unmute. Um, Christy M., compulsive overeater from Georgia. And I'm new to program, new to this meeting, and I'm really getting so much out of it, hearing everybody's um, experience, strength, and hope. And so what I wanted to say this morning is something that I heard over the weekend that is just like, just I'm meditating over it. And um, it is, we have the only disease that has to be self-diagnosed, and it's the only disease that tells us we don't have it. I think just like he was dealing with going by that bar, oh, well, I've been sober for so long, I can go have a drink. Um, and I, I've done that over and over and over again. But like no matter how many people in my life, my parents, my kids, my husband tell me, you've got a problem. If I don't know I have a problem, then it, it, I'm the one that has to know. I'm the one that has to commit to program. And then also, like once I've been sober from food for so long, I think, oh, well, I've, you know, I've lost weight. I've done good. I can have a cookie. It's my birthday. I can have cake. It's a wedding, you know. So that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now and what's helping me through. Like, and just what I'm hearing on this meeting also is to stay in program, that this is the way to keep abstinent and to keep healthy. So anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Christy. Appreciate you sharing. Okay, next up we'll hear from Lisa. And then if we have time, we may be able to squeeze a short share in after that. Lisa, go right ahead. Hi, thank you, thank you very much. This is Lisa BT um, from Guelph, Ontario, a um, gratefully, very gratefully um, recovered compulsive overeater this morning. Um, you know, I, I really so identify with... Um, overeating and combined with things seem to be going very well. It, it seems to me it, when, when things have gone very, very, you know, are very challenging for me, um, I, eating is not so much, 
you know, like on the front of my mind. But when things are going well, everything's going fine, you know, hey, and that the, the words of, hey, I think I'll just, I think I'll just do this, you know, just so casual. Um, you know, this is what you do when things are going well. Like you just have a nice time. All that that was in, in this passage that we read, I utterly identify with. Um, and so, you know, I've been in program, uh, um, I can't do the math, it's 2004, so however long that is, with very uh, choppy um, success. You know, the, the only thing that I would say has been consistent is I've never left. And part of that is because the welcome is, has never gone away. It's always been there for me. Um, but what I feel in listening t- to this today is we've, I think a few people have referred to the, the I word, um, and no mention at all of um, of God or higher power or maybe I need to check in about this. And it made me think of step 10. Um, and it made me think of how that has been a challenge for me is to remember, wait a second, wait a second, can I just pause here and, and ask God, um, ask my higher power, make a phone call. Um, because I know what's underneath the, oh, I'll just, I'll just do this. And there's a real resentment. And it's usually, well, everybody else gets to. Everybody else gets a piece of cake. Everybody else gets to have a cocktail. And even though that's not the way I say it to myself, I've come to understand that that is, is be underneath the, the uh, kind of, oh, this will be nice. Um, and step tens, um, either with directly with my higher power or calling another person has helped me see that. So thank you very much. With that, I will pass. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks so much. Okay, looks like we have about a minute and a half if there's somebody else that would like to take that time. Brenda A. Go, Brenda. You're up. <laughs> Brenda, go right ahead. Good morning, and thank you all for your service. Um, This has been very impactful for me. I've been in program for around two and a half years, recovered, relapsed, recovered, relapsed. And today in reading this, and particularly reading about Fred, I truly believe that I am a compulsive overeater. And a lot of my behavior has been fraudulent, and it's something I'm always afraid of being found out. And the difference between me and these characters is I can go out, I can be perfectly abstinent in front of other people. I never eat the foods when I'm out with other people. But the minute I get home and I'm alone, I will turn to food, I will turn to liquor. And that's the hideout, and that's the secret, and that's what makes me a fraud. Now, I have to stop beating myself up, and right now, today, it resounds. reminder. Yeah. Okay. I am a compulsive eater, and it is only by the grace of God that I will become abstinent and recover. Thank you. I pass. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. I want to say thanks to everybody who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID um, for today, Thursday, November 10th. That is 19,626, 19,626. 
Okay, we're going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164. We're going to follow that by the serenity prayer. Will Barb W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only and ending with the, the end of that, that chapter. Thanks, Barb. Thank you, Renee, for your service. Barb W. Gratefully Recovered in Illinois. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.